Hi, the following episode was recorded back in late January, when it was cold, windy, but sunny. And it was a time when we had no idea about the coronavirus pandemic hitting the whole world, including Slovakia. We hope you'll enjoy this travel episode, and that you'll pay a visit to the side we'll talk about in a minute, once COVID-19 is over. For now, stay home and stay safe. And remember that we're in this together. Here's the show. Hello and welcome to Spectacular Slovakia. I'm Peter Dlhopolec and I've just got off the bus in the village of Chastaya in the Breslau region. Probably you've never heard of this place, but there are two reasons why I'm here. First of all, can you guess who this man is? This castle is quite well known in Slovakia as having one of the largest cellars in the country. If you guessed James Thompson, you got it right. And we'll talk about a castle which overlooks Chastaya and that's essentially the second reason for my arrival. Let's, let's a dramatic intro. Do, 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 do. You can hear us? Yeah. Am I live? Mm, sort of. Yeah. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, okay. Welcome, James, to Spectacular Slovakia. Peter, it's a pleasure to be here, as always. Where are we? Set the scene. <laughs> Where are we? Well, basically, as I said in the introduction, we are going to be recording our podcast um, at a castle. We are at Red Stone Castle in uh, Chasta, which yes. is a small village not far away from Bratislava, actually. Yes, this is. We're in the courtyard of a of a huge castle, actually. I mean, well, a big certainly a big surviving castle. That's to say, not a ruins in Bratislava region. Still, just about forty five minutes from Bratislava by road, and as you say, near the village of Chasta. And um, uh, Red Stone is the English translation, but. Um, most Slovaks will note as the Cherveni Kamen. Cherveni Kamen, exactly. Well, let's just start, first of all, how you arrived here, yeah. because you didn't come by car, um, and I think it's really important to say that it's really accessible, even from Bratislava. So. I'm, I'm looking quizzically at Peter. But yes, it, <laughs> yes, you're right. If you manage to catch the bus, it is relatively accessible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I came from Dura and I also took a bus. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like 45 we both, minutes. We both took public transport to get here. Yeah. Um, I, I planned to take the bus here and missed it. <laughs> and then caught another bus, which went to Chasta, the village at the bottom of the hill. And then I, and then I, I hiked up uh, the hill. But it's not so bad. It's, it's an okay walk up the hill. So from Bratislava, normally takes about uh, an hour and a bit by bus. Okay, let's talk about the history, first of all. We'll just sort of try to sum it up. Key points. Okay, well, we've we've been lucky enough to uh, have Josef, one of the guides here, uh, give us a a quick but very uh, uh, informative tour uh, of the the castle. So uh, we can zip through some of the history, if you want, Peter. Yeah. So we can say at first that the present days of this castle... In the past, it wasn't like this. It used to be just like a medieval stone castle. Yeah, so was in the 12th century, I guess. 13th, he said, was the, the first evidence of a castle here. And the reason for the name, Cherveni Kamen or, mm-hmm. or Red Stone, is the color of the uh, of the rock on which this castle is built, uh, which is quartzite, which um, includes some some iron, which oxidizes, goes kind of r- rust color, and hence the name. But the original castle, the medieval castle, was built on this rock in what is now the courtyard where we're standing now. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until the 16th, 17th century that the castle, as it now appears, took its current shape. 
Yeah, and it had a lot of owners. We can mention uh, like two families, the most important ones in the history yes. of this castle. So the first one, that was the Fugger family. The Fuggers, yes. Um, which was quite a rich noble family. They weren't quite uh, rich. They were very, very rich. Very rich, Joseph told rich. us. They were yeah. g- German sort of uh, trading family from Augsburg, yeah. he told us. They used to, oh, they traded gold and... Well, I think they had a finger. They had their finger in a lot of pies. Did the Fuggers? But uh, but but the interesting thing about the uh, uh, this castle is that it, it's in fact a kind of example of early modern globalization. That's to say that the Fuggers owned mines in Banska Bystrica region, especially copper mines. They set this castle up as a a kind of um, storage. distribution, storage and distribution center for uh, Central Europe. Uh, that was the plan, anyway. And um, but the Turks y- changed it. The, the Ottoman Turk military activity in this region in the early uh, 16th century, mid 16th century, um, sort of upset those plans. So the Fugas um, bought the castle in uh, the 1530s, I think, and set about reconstructing it from this sort of. A small early medieval stone castle into a, a larger Renaissance fortress with very modern defensive systems, fortifications, which proved successful. The Turks never attempted to um, to seize the castle. But um, as part of the reconstruction, they also built a very large, effectively a warehouse, but a fortified warehouse built into the fortifications of this, of this expanded castle where they planned to store copper, gold, silver, other mine materials from central Slovakia, which would then be distributed into Western Europe and, and, and down to Venice for onward transport. But the problem was that just as this plan was being implemented, the Ottoman Turks advanced into Central Europe. Already in the 1520s, the Battle of Mohac in 1526, when uh, the last Hungarian uh, king was um, uh, was killed in battle, the Turks continued to raid north after that, and yeah. this business plan fell apart. The Fugas completed the rebuilding of their Renaissance fortress, of which the main parts were four corner towers in 1556. But nearly three decades later, in 1583, they sold it to the Palfis, a Hungarian noble family. They then rebuilt it in a way to meet their living needs and the then interior design trends. They then used this, what was going to be a, a, a kind of warehouse, as a storage and a wine cellar. And and so this castle is quite well known in Slovakia as having one of the largest cellars in the country, True. which was used um, for, for storing and, and making wine uh, for a lot of the early modern uh, period. Yeah, and a lot of filmmakers come here because of those cellars, but also for other premises in this castle, but first and foremost for, for the cellars. So everyone who comes to the castle they should not miss out on on the cellars. Like, there's nothing to see, but like the space itself, it's really huge. I mean, the scale, yeah, the scale of the cellars is is impressive, and um, you'll also be able to see the way that the defensive system was built here, which is interesting. So they were effectively built over the side of this rock on which the original medieval castle was built, and um, the way that the cannon holes, if you like, in the bastions are arranged. Is in such a way that that the uh, the walls of the of the castle are defended from the side by these by these bastions that stick out from the corners of the castle. Yeah, um, and so <laughs> I don't know if it's the time to go home or what. <laughs> they're trying to tell us something. 
go home, guys. Now, that's a bit of history. Uh, the Parthis took over the castle until 1945. Well, that's right. So they, they owned it until uh, until the end of the Second World War, Yeah. at which point they basically uh, did a runner as the Red Army approached. And Castle then passed into state ownership and has been a national institution of one kind or another since. It's now yeah. part of the state Slovak National, national Museum. Museum. So let's talk about what we can see actually inside. Yeah. Well, what, I tell you what, why don't we walk over to where there's a bit of a spot of sunshine there? There might be some wind, but uh, it'll stop us uh, freezing to death while we record this. Wait. <laughs> oh, I can hear the wind. <laughs> We'll return to the Castle Červenikamen in just a moment. Now it's time for spectacular Slovakia travel guides. If you'd love to discover what Slovakia has got to offer in terms of travel, nature, hospitality and so on, head to spectacularslovakia.sk. It's the website at which you'll find all the relevant information, including podcasts and articles, and you can buy there any of the offered travel guides. And now back to the castle. Well, we've just stepped outside the main gate of the castle, and uh, and the sun's come out, which is nice, and the views are spectacular um, along yeah, actually, the uh, small Carpathians. Yeah. Opposite the castle, we can see a peak called Kukla. A what? A peak? I think it's a pig. A peak. <laughs> a, peak. a hill. A hill. A hill called Kukla. Yes. And actually, there's a legend. There were like 12 wise men and they had like an argument where the castle should stand and 11 of them, they said the castle should stand on a hill, on Kukla, Kukla over there. Yeah. And just, I think the youngest one, yes, he said that the castle should stand where it stands now. On the redstone. So the 11 guys, they eventually decided to build the castle on the Kukla hill. Yes. On the first day when they started to build the castle, the fairies, during the night, they took the castle and brought it from the Kukla to its present location. I put it here. Yeah, that's the legend. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you see, when he said that, I thought they'd moved the whole castle. So you're saying it's just on the first night. On the first night. That makes a bit more sense. I mean, obviously, the, the, the story's like, you know. No, just, of, it was just the first night or the first day when this, they began the construction okay, of the castle. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, yeah, okay. Cause, yeah, I mean, the, the story's the, obviously <laughs> obviously bobbins anyway. But but the, but the um, but if there was just a few rocks and, and yeah, tools just lying a few, around, just yeah, a few it wouldn't, rocks, wouldn't yeah. require the... Uh, that would be quite difficult. <laughs> It's one of the most well-preserved castles in the country. Even in inside, uh, when we had a tour with Yosef, I mean, the walls and the paintings on the ceilings, it's just beautiful. Uh, yeah, and there's were, a lot of furniture. <laughs> no, they, they, a lot of furniture. Well, as we heard, in 1945, there were a lot of noble families, Hungarian noble families, who fled in the, in the face of the advancing um, Soviet army. And the state inherited a lot of properties from them. Even the Palfis themselves left a whole bunch of castles at Smolenica and Budmerica and other places. And this was the kind of collection point for a lot of the a lot of the contents of those castles, the furniture, artwork. And so this is now part of the exhibition here is uh, of historical furniture. And if you take the tour here, which I recommend, it's very good, you'll see furniture from various periods, ranging from Renaissance furniture all the way up to um, secession yeah. or Art Nouveau furniture from the early 20th century. And also a, a tremendous amount of, of artwork, only some of which um, the tour guide said they've, they've positively identified. I mean, uh, it must have been 
you know, kind of quite daunting task when they received all this stuff in the in the in the 40s, and at the same time, obviously, the political um, upheavals in in Czechoslovakia at that time, uh, to try and identify what all this stuff was that they'd got, including, for instance, a um, a replica of Michelangelo's uh, Virgin and Child sculpture, which was apparently made in. Belgium from the original, which is a marble sculpture, and was was only sort of uh, unearthed here yeah. fairly recently and identified positively identified as, as as one. Yeah. Speaking of the furniture, was there any specific furniture piece that stuck out for you? I like the I like the Empire style stuff actually, and uh, especially the, the 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 Russian manufactured Empire furniture. Okay. Do you remember that? Not really. <laughs> I just, I just remember the wardrobe. That was actually one of the last things. Ah, so. what the wardrobe that's actually got a secret door in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that's, quite cool. That's good, yeah. yeah. And what and about then, the writing cabinet commode? <laughs> that was quite fun. Yeah. Uh, so for the for the secretary who who has to work all day, uh, in uh, in the salon, but but isn't <laughs> isn't isn't given toilet breaks. There was a. Uh, a little cabinet in his desk where he can uh, relieve himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also the safe. That was quite yes. a, quite a thing to save. Yeah, cabinet full of little little uh, compartments that you had to pull out in the right order in, in order to access the secret compartments. Would you ever consider living in such a castle? Because that was like. Why are you offering, Peter? <laughs> I'm not offering. I never go just asking. Yes, I mean a lot of rooms. Yeah, I wouldn't want rooms. to clean them all. It would require some some significant cleaning, and it would also require a lot of heating. Uh, True. So I was freezing. That, that's the, yeah, that's the thing to remember when you come here in the winter is that you bring a coat. Actually, what I found interesting is that the temperature in the rooms was quite low, but in the cellars, I felt quite warm. Uh huh. Much warmer than upstairs in the rooms. I don't know why. That might have been just late late stage hypothermia, Peter. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah no, you, it, it wasn't dramatically colder downstairs. The other thing to, to and I now recall in the cellars was, um, as part of the defensive system, is a well that uh, you can actually look down, oh, which yeah. is which is mind blowingly deep. I said that there's nothing in those cellars, but there is. Yeah, this deep well. I mean. So there's, yeah, there's a well that you can see all the way to the bottom, but I think uh, he said it was 110 meters deep. Probably, yeah. Uh, and it's lit, so you can see the water at the bottom. But uh, uh, that would have been used in an emergency in the event of a siege, if they uh, if they ran out of water from the cisterns that that are collected, which collect rainwater from the roof, then they would still have had access to fresh water from that well. We can also mention the tower. We can. There's and a the tower. Music. <laughs> There, uh, yeah, there's um, some interesting piped music in the courtyard, and uh, there's a tower that you can go up to uh, to stand on the top of one of the bastions to get a nice view of the uh, surrounding countryside, small Carpathians, and um, the valley. Yeah, that's basically free of charge. The tower. The tower is free, but the um, but the tours are are paid, but a relatively yeah. modest amount. I think it's about seven euros. Um, yeah. And. Um, also, it seems that most of the castle is is available for for hire if you uh, want to get married in the in the chapel or <laughs> yeah. have a reception in the. There's a kind of grotto with a very impressive 17th century Italian frescoes on the ceiling. Yeah, if anyone wants to get wedded here, I mean. Well, although he did mention it, it's it's uh, if you're a Catholic, Roman Catholic. Oh, yeah. Just if you're Catholic. I think okay. yeah. Sorry then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That grotto, which we mentioned, is called Sala Terrina, a natural room initially built only in Italy. It is decorated, obviously, with artworks of Italian artists, and on one side of the room you can see an artificial cave. 
This place can be used for civil wedding ceremonies, unlike the chapel. And there are other equally amazing rooms to see, being parlor, pharmacy, golden parlor, oriental room, or gentleman's room with a previously mentioned toilet. Besides, you'll find here a cafe, restaurant, English park, and many thematic events and tours held in the summer. So wonderful though this place is, um, we're going to need to find a route out. What, what's your <laughs> escape plan, Peter? Um, you see, that's that's the route I that's the route I took to get here. Oh well, I just got off at a bus stop. Yeah. Oh, uh, that one over there. there. Yeah. yeah. Let's have a look. <laughs> We're at the end, lovely people. You've been listening to James Thompson, and I uttered something now and then too. We talked about Červený Kameň, or Red Stone in Chasta, in the Bratislava region. Due to COVID-19, the castle is closed until further notice. But you can follow Facebook page Červený Kameň Hrad. People working at the castle began to post stories related to history of the castle on there. Stay home and stay safe. Wash your hands, and if you leave your home for some reason, do not forget about social distancing. Take care, lovelies. Goodbye.